0: Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne LeBar, on the feast day of St Peter and Paul, our patron saints. Our hymns today are sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. We are come together in the presence of Almighty God, and of the whole company of heaven, to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love, and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence, and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 125. They that put their trust in the Lord shall be even as the Mount Zion, which may not be removed, but standeth fast for ever. The hills stand about Jerusalem, even so standeth the Lord round about his people, from this time forth for evermore. For the rod of the ungodly cometh not into the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put their hand unto wickedness. Do well, O Lord, unto those that are good and true of heart. As for such as turn back unto their own wickedness, the Lord shall lead them forth with the evildoers. But peace shall be upon Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The first reading is from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 4, beginning at the fifth verse. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Gospel reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 21, beginning at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, "'Simon, son of John, do you love me?' Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, "'Do you love me?' And he said to him, "'Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you.' Jesus said to him, "'Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grew up, grow old,' You will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you, and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. We say the Nunc dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, whose blessed apostles Peter and Paul glorified thee in their death as in their life, grant that thy church, inspired by their teaching and example, and made one by thy Spirit, may ever stand firm on the one foundation which is thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. We have this treasure in clay jars, says St Paul. Clay jars were as common to our ancestors as plastic packaging is to us. Pottery was used for all sorts of things, transporting and storing goods, cooking, eating, for the lamps that lit people's homes. It was a basic necessity and one of the oldest human inventions. Pottery has been found which is 20,000 years old, though it wasn't until about 5000 BC that someone in the Middle East thought of putting a lump of clay on a wheel to turn and shape it evenly. Broken pottery is a sure sign to archaeologists that they've found a human settlement. There were other sorts of containers, of course, made of wood or stone, metal or cloth, But clay pots were cheap and easy to make, and pottery didn't rot or rust or decay. All you needed was some of the right sort of mud, which could be found just about anywhere. Most pottery wasn't particularly beautiful, just ordinary workaday stuff, which you wouldn't have looked at twice. Oddly, though, clay pots were sometimes used to store treasure, as Paul suggests. People hid valuables in them, especially if they needed to bury their treasure in times of war. It was a bit like putting your savings in a biscuit tin, hoping the sheer ordinariness of the receptacle would mean no one would think of looking there. It's a chancy business, of course. Apart from the fact that burglars and invading armies are wise to this trick, there's always the danger that the hiding place will be forgotten. One family in Scotland last year nearly lost their mother's entire life savings of £20,000 when they had a clear-out. She'd never let on that she kept it in bistow canisters in the larder, and the family just tossed them in a skip, thinking they were rubbish. Fortunately, the staff at the tip found them, but it was a near miss. Some of our ancestors weren't so lucky which is why archaeologists and metal detectorists are still finding hoards of coins buried in clay pots, the treasure of people who didn't survive to reclaim them or simply forgot where they were. It's containers like these which Paul's thinking of when he writes to the church in Corinth, containers which are two a penny and hardly seem worth noticing at all, and yet which might be worth that second look because who knows what might be in them. Of course, the clay pots he's talking about are human, and most of all, he's talking about himself. To us, saints like Paul and our fellow patron Saint Peter, who we celebrate today, may seem like superheroes, people whose names have echoed down the centuries, not least in the many churches like ours dedicated to them. Patron saints were like friends in high places, people who'd listen and speak for you in the heavenly courts, and they didn't come much higher than Peter and Paul, two of the most important leaders in the early church. But maybe no one can ever really be a superhero to themselves, unless they're completely deluded. And both Peter and Paul knew how dangerous it was to put anyone on a pedestal, least of all themselves. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, had denied even knowing him when Jesus was arrested. It was a shameful thing. And yet the story of this spectacular failure must have originally come from Peter himself. He was the only disciple there. He wanted people to know about it. Paul was even less promising material as a Christian leader. He'd been so violently opposed to the followers of Jesus and all they stood for that he dedicated himself to hunting them down and having them arrested, which for many of them would have meant torture and even death. In one of his letters, he calls himself the worst of sinners, and he meant it. And yet both Peter and Paul found themselves called and used by God, vital to the life of the early church. Today's Gospel reading told of the moment after the resurrection when Jesus reaffirmed his call to Peter, despite, or maybe because of, his earlier failure. However badly he'd got it wrong, God still wanted to use him. Paul's turnaround was even more striking. When he was blinded by a vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus, on his way to have his followers arrested, he changed his mind about him and to his surprise he found forgiveness not just from God, but from the Christian community he'd been persecuting. It wasn't plain sailing for them after that, though, and their ministries weren't shining examples of unbridled success. Peter was indeed eventually bound and led to a place he didn't want to go, to his own execution, as today's Gospel reading said. Paul shared the same fate and before that had often had to struggle, afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, as he says. Well, if this is where following Jesus gets you, it's hard to see why anyone would want to do it. Did either of them feel their efforts had really amounted to anything? Possibly not. The infant church was a fragile thing, appallingly vulnerable in the face of Roman oppression it must have seemed very unlikely to them that it would survive, let alone thrive. Paul wasn't putting himself down when he describes himself as a clay jar. He knew that human beings often have very little to show for their labours, are often unspectacular and prone to breaking. And yet, neither Peter nor Paul gave up. Despite all those challenges... Paul said he was not crushed, not driven to despair, not forsaken, not destroyed. And Peter stuck to his message too. He never denied Jesus again. They might only be clay jars, but the treasure they'd found hidden within themselves needed to be poured out and shared. Paul describes that treasure as the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ their encounters with Jesus had changed them forever. They'd discovered God at work in this carpenter from Nazareth, a clay vessel, an apparently ordinary man, whose death on a cross looked to most of those around him like proof that he'd been rejected by God, that he couldn't be the Messiah, but whose resurrection proclaimed that it wasn't so. In him... God had showed that He could be at work just as much in failure as success, just as much in pain as in joy, just as much in death as in life. That isn't just good news for our patron saints, it's good news for us too, as individuals and as a church. If we look at ourselves and our church honestly, what do we see? Clay jars, unspectacular and ordinary. We may feel we haven't got much to offer. We might think we're too mundane for God to be interested in, or worse still, too fragile or cracked or broken. But God chose to make us like this, creatures of clay, like his first mud creature, Adam. And he delights in what he's made, sticking with us through thick and thin, even coming to die with us and for us. Each one of us has the treasure of his presence within us, treasure that shouldn't be hidden away fearfully, but poured out and shared with others. We don't have to be special. Just as we are, we are needed and called. We all have something to give, however small and insignificant it might feel to us. And if we don't give it, everyone will be poorer. So on this Patronal Festival... Let's celebrate not only Peter and Paul, but each one of us, beloved mud, clay which God chooses to inhabit. And let's ask him to show us how we can share that treasure with others. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we thank you for the lives and witness of Peter and Paul, and for all those who have handed down to us the treasures of faith the knowledge of your glory at work in the most ordinary of people and places. We pray that you will give us grace to share the treasure we have been given with others so that all can be enriched and blessed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for this church as we celebrate our own life on this Patronal Festival and for the wider church of which we are part We pray that all might know their calling to love and serve others and find refreshment and inspiration in one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for placing us in this community here at Seal and we pray for all who are a part of it that we might find the treasure of your presence wherever we look. We pray for all who are feeling exhausted or downhearted, that they might find new hope and energy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all those you've given to us to love and be loved by, for family, friends and neighbours. We hold before you any who we are concerned for today and those who feel forgotten or unnoticed. We hold them before you in a moment of silence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for our loved ones who have died, and we pray for those who are bereaved, that they will know that love cannot die, and that living or dying, we are in your safekeeping forever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. (music)